This is JC Talks, a leadership podcast, episode 44, with me, your host, JC Hurtado Prater. Today, we're talking about the climb. The leadership mind is radically different from the non-leadership mind or from common sense. The difference lies not in quantity, but in quality, not in incremental improvements, but in paradigm shifts, paradigm shifts. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago about this idea that leaderships don't move. There is some incremental movement that happens, but leadership by and large is about paradigm shifts. I think about great teachers when you take a course uh, in college or maybe it's an online course or whatever, some kind of a training. And a great teacher doesn't just help you move the ball forward a little bit. A great teacher, when you take a great teacher with a great, a great course with a great teacher, you walk away with a paradigm shift, a mindset shift about how life should be, about how life or leadership should be. I'm in the book called Leadership, the Inner Side of Greatness, a Philosophy for Leaders by Peter Kostenbaum. We took a break from this for a couple of episodes, but we're back. And here's what he has to say. I'm on page 185 in the chapter, uh, chapter eight called Developing the Mind. And here's what he says. He says, I became interested in the leadership mind as a mode of perception different from the ordinary when, he says, several years ago, I participated in a conference for CEOs. The speaker A psychoanalyst discussed how the Pentagon was searching for future generals. The armed forces wanted to learn how to identify young people who in maturity would make good generals. What kind of mind, if any, could be trusted with the vast destructive powers at the armed forces command? One answer it was suggested rested on how these young people perceived time. Most executives, and I have this underlined here, most executives experience time in terms of 10-year frames, which is a maximum, okay? A general's mind, however, the speaker contended, must at a minimum perceive reality in terms of 25-year frames. So this is a much different mindset, right? So again, we're talking about this idea of paradigm shifts, but not only that, a leader is not thinking about just the next thing, the next thing, the next quarter, the next quarter. The next. That's a manager, right? That's and, and, and we need that, especially in corporate America, where we're so quarterly driven. We, we need somebody who's constantly thinking about the next quarter. How do we keep profits up? Uh, you know, uh, P&L statements, we want those to end with greater profit than, than, than loss. So managers need to be focused on that. A leader's mindset, though, and this is what it's talking about, a general's mindset is thinking in terms of uh, decades, more than two decades. And this is important to think about because a general, they're only going to be in a position for two years, right? And then they move on to the next position. Most generals last, unless you're chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff or Army Chief of Staff, sometimes you get re-upped and maybe that's a four-year assignment or you you serve at the pleasure of the president or secretary of defense, whatever that is. Most generals are in roles for about two years, they move on to the next. So if you think about it, if you're thinking only about yourself, you're, only, you're thinking about your, your career advancement, uh, you're not going to be thinking in terms of 10, 15, 25 years. And that's what it's talking about. The generals, right, right? Uh, the generals that they're looking for, 
leaders, executive leaders think in about 10 year timeframes, generals think in 25. So they have to be thinking about the army, uh, the past, the present, where they are right now. Obviously those next two years are important, but they make decisions in the next two years based on what is going on, uh, what they perceive to be happening, or they perceive the future landscape for the next 25 years. That's really important. Now, now again, you're talking about the U.S. Army. You're talking about the U.S. military, Marines, and they're on a global level, right? It's a very important job that they have, and they're on a global level. They're studying history. They're thinking about the future, where are we going? So they have to think in it. Maybe an executive doesn't necessarily think um, in 25-year increments, but it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt, okay? So he goes on and he says this, in, others, in other words, and we just talked about this, a general's mind must have a sense of history. And then he says, I've met generals at other times. Here are some other uh, or here are some of their observations. And so I was talking about what generals would say. One general said that you must care. OK, so there's this this paradigm shift that that leaders must have. They must think not in increments, but paradigm shifts. Um, think long term not in decades, but in multiple decades. And then this idea of caring, it must hurt in the marrow of your bones if your troops are not properly taken care of. Another one said, you must learn to think the way the enemy does. Okay. So when I'm looking at these, most of us who are listening to this podcast are probably organizational leaders. As the general would say, we have to care about the people that we're leading. And it must hurt us if the if our people aren't being taken care of. Now, now this is not how how the industry has worked for multiple years. Uh, for many years in organizational history, leadership history, we've not cared about the people. But but this is one of the most important things. We have to understand that our greatest asset is our people. We must care about them. And then we have to learn to think of uh, the way the enemy does. Well, how does the enemy who 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 is the enemy? It's 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 the competitive forces out there. What are they thinking when they're putting their products to market? What's going through their mindset? What shifts and changes are they uh, undertaking? And in today's world, today's global world, especially where CEOs a lot of times become rock stars and they're out there talking about business and strategy, we can learn some of that. There are all kinds of professors out there that we can be listening to and, and, and learning what the current strategies are, what the current innovations, you know, reading the journals we need to read to see what the other industries are doing. So we've got to think the way the competition is thinking. The Kostenbaum goes on. Still another said in response to the question, what is your leadership secret? Another said that, that soldier or not, you must have a serious talk with yourself about death. That's powerful. He goes on to say, you must make up your mind that there are values more basic than life itself, that it is okay for you to die. Now, obviously, again, in corporate America, in organizational life, that's, you know, we're not necessarily thinking that I'm going into battle every single day and I possibly could die. But a general, a military leader, a great military leader must think that way. But I think, I think this could be true for organizational leaders as well. And I love that line that there are values more basic than life itself. It's not just about survival, because what is life all about? Life is 100% about survival. For you and for me, we're constantly thinking about uh, the, the, you know, how we're going to bring in the next paycheck. If, if we're an organizational leader, how do we, how do we um, 
How do we bring in, you know, greater profit, uh, greater profits? What's our next product uh, that we're going to put to market? What's the next innovation? Uh, what's the future? And why are we thinking this way? Well, well, the reason, well, the reason why we're thinking this way is because it comes down to self, right? If this organization that I'm leading uh, does well, I do well. And what it's talking about here, and that gets us into trouble sometimes, right? I'm teaching a course right now uh, about this issue of ethics. And ethics just means that, hey, the marketplace wins. In business, the marketplace wins. uh, But that gets people in trouble time and time again. Let's move on. There are values more basic than life itself. The Coastal Bomb goes on. In fact, our culture does not teach us how to die. And yet we must all go through it. It's very true. A final general, he says, and Marine said that there were only two prior priorities for soldiering. Number one is this, get the task done. And number two is take care of the troops. This is how the leadership mind works. Nothing else is a matter of any serious consequence. Douglas MacArthur stated it quite simply in his ad, uh, ad, admonition to West Point graduates, your job is to win your nation's wars. And how we do that, again, another Marine would say, get the task done, take care of your troops. You may not agree with the generals, Kostenbaum goes on. These views may not apply to your leadership situation. Nevertheless, these answers illustrate the fundamental point that leadership minds think differently. He goes on to say this, I begin to think that leadership in general is not a talent, but a much more fundamental phenomenon of character and perception. He moves on down and he says this, he says that leadership isn't reserved for just generals, but the fact remains that leaders think and act differently. And this difference can be described and taught. And we'll talk about that in a few podcasts from now. That leadership can be taught to draw the picture of the stretched mind, the leadership um, to draw the picture of the stretched mind of the leader is the goal of the leadership diamond. And if you get the book and I highly recommend you get this book, he draws out a leadership diamond. We're not going to talk about this. Two more things I want to talk about in this episode. He states this leadership means control over the mind. Leadership means control over the mind. The authentic leader does not accept the mind as he or she finds it, but chooses either to construct or to wake up the leadership mind. This is key for us as we're talking about, and we're going to end here in just a second. I'm going to read a great quote for you that talks about the climb, but the climb doesn't happen without a change in a mindset. And what leadership means, and that's what this book is talking about today, is having control over the mind. And this is how great generals can say, hey, you must care about your troops. You have to think in 25-year increments. You have to learn to think the way the enemy does. You have, to, you have to understand that there are values greater than life itself. you got to be able to get the task done. You have to care about your troops. All of this is caring about something outside of yourself. But what is our mind, what is our mind wired to do? I've done studies on this. Maybe you have as well. The mind is wired for survival. That means personal survival. Your survival, my survival. My brain is wired to help me survive. Your brain is wired to help you survive. So it's constantly thinking about you. And everything that we're looking at here is not about you. It's about the organization. It's about the people. It's about values, which are, as we, and, and we've talked about this before, values are simply behaviors, 
right? It all starts with our principles, which leads to our beliefs, which means to our, th- our thoughts, which leads to our words, which leads to our actions, right? Which leads to our habits, which then become our values. So values are the habits we have. Values are the actions that we take every single day. And to understand that, that, that our behaviors, there are certain behaviors that we would say are greater than life itself. And this is why you have Medal of Honor winners and Purple Heart winners who give up their life and jump on grenades in the military because it's not about them. They recognize that my life is very important, yes, but they've had such a mindset shift that they realize if I jump on that grenade, if I don't jump on that grenade and maybe nobody else sees it, then 20 people here are going to lose their life or three or four or five or six people. But if I jump on this grenade, I lose my life, but the mission wins. That is the leadership mindset. It's not about me. It is about the mission. And I got to tell you, I'm feeling very convicted. Uh, That's kind of a spiritual word for I'm feeling very. um, um, This point is hitting me hard today. That in the leadership mind, it's about the mission and it's about taking care of your people. It is not about you. It is not about me. And and then it goes on to ask this question here. It says, how do you train yourself for a leadership mindset? And then they give a story about a gentleman by the name of Eric Wyan Mayer. I could be saying that wrong, who on May 25th, 2001, became the first blind person to reach the summit of Mount Everest. Wyan Mayer lost his sight at the age of 13, but went on to become an accomplished climber and mountaineer. He had already reached the summits of Denali and Kilimanjaro, among others, before the Everest expedition. On Everest, he was full, he, he was a fully participating member of the ascent team. And I love this, uh, this statement that he makes. Eric Wyan, uh, Wyan Mayer says this, I wasn't going to be carried to the top and spiked like a football. That's so great. And what what he's saying is I'm not going to let everybody else, uh, you know, I'm not going to let everybody else take responsibility for this. I'm part of the journey. If I'm going to climb even blind, I'm going to do it on my own. And here's what he says. He says, I don't climb to prove anything to anybody. So this goes back to the leadership mindset. How do you develop the leadership mindset? Watch this. I don't climb to prove anything to anybody. I climb because each time I experience a new adventure, I learn something valuable about my surroundings and about myself. And each time I push myself a notch further than I thought I could on a climb, I won't have the option for backing down. I'll be ready perhaps only because I'll have to be ready. That's the way it always seems to work. So I wrote down three notes here. I climb because, and here's the reason why, and I want you to take note of this leader. I climb because one, I experience a new adventure. This is what life is about. The leader sets out not to, and I spoke to a class about this the other day, not to lead because he wants to be a leader and because his mom and dad didn't give him the right amount of attention that he needs. So he needs people to be proud of him. So he wants to go out and be a leader so he can prove something to him. That's not why you lead. Number one, and here's what Eric Wyan uh, Mayer was saying, I lead because I want to experience, number one, a new adventure. Number two, I learned something valuable about my surroundings. So, so when I take the leader, you know, I take the leadership journey, it's, it's, it's not just about, again, it's not about me. It's saying what's happening in the world around me. What can I learn from this? Number three, 
I learned something valuable about myself that that, you know, there is an element of leadership that's about you. That is about me. It, it can't all be about you. But this is where when we take the journey of leadership, it is hard. It is extremely hard. And we will learn many lessons about ourselves. And I think about communication and confrontation and how hard that is for so many people. Right. When you put yourself in a leadership position, though, you're quickly going to figure out whether you're great at communicating, whether you're great at confronting or whether you're not. And then if you're a great leader, you go deeper on that and say, "Okay, I'm not great at communicating right here. I didn't do a great job in this last one. There are things slipping. You know, my team's not doing what they need to be doing. Why? Because I'm not confronting what needs to be confronted. Why? Why? And and, and this is why I talk about what I talk about, personal mastery, because it all comes back to that. A person who struggles in the area of personal development and personal mastery is going to lack confidence and not going to be able to make the confrontations they need to be a great leader. So that's one example of how you learn something about yourself in the process of leadership. And then it says this, I learn, uh, I, I, I push myself a notch further than I ever thought I could. So these are the personal aspects of leadership, right? Experiencing new adventures, learning something valuable about the surroundings around you. Uh, learning something valuable about you, pu- you know, pushing yourself a notch further than you ever thought you could. This is, this is what becomes exciting about leadership. It's personal. But the mindset, all of this starts here, but the mindset is always about what's further down the road, what's best for my people, what's best for the organization, how do I get the task done? That's why I climb, and that's how to develop the leadership mindset. I'll see you on the next episode of JC Talks, a leadership podcast. Take care.